The TSW Roundtable is a proud member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Head to StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. to another episode of the TSW Roundtable. I am Robert Cast, your moderator for this uh, episode and all the episodes of the TSW Roundtable. And I think we have a pretty decent one lined up for you today. We have uh, two hosts or co-hosts from uh, different shows from around the Star Wars Commonwealth. And uh, first I'm going to introduce a man who we've been trying to do this for quite some time. And uh, he, I've had the pleasure of actually meeting. We met face to face all the way down in celebration this year, but I Cody from the Rogue Squadron podcast. How you doing, Cody? Good, good day, Galaxy. Glad to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is awesome. We've been uh, we've been talking about this for quite some time, even before we hooked up. And uh, well, we didn't hook up. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know what you'd call it. <laughs> yeah, we had a couple beers, but it didn't go any further than that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it's great to have, finally have you on, Cody. And uh, so, you want to tell people about your show? Uh, Rogue Squadron. So yes, we are a little rowdier than most, um, but we everything you know is rooted in our love for Star Wars. Uh, we've been running for about four years, and I co-host with my good friend Mopar. Uh, we've known each other for quite a while, and we've been ranting and raving and having beers and discussing Star Wars and video games for a while. And then one day we just turned on some mics and started recording the thing. That's kind of how it came about. Nice, nice. And you're out of uh, where? Columbus. Columbus, Ohio, yeah. Excellent, excellent. So uh, we have an American on the show today. This is actually Canadian Thanksgiving we're recording, so this means nothing to you guys, I'm quite Ooh, sure. Wow. And it won't you know, I, I saw someone say something about Thanksgiving today, and I was like, is this an old tweet? What's going on? <laughs> yeah, I had no, no idea. No, no, we have our Canadian Thanksgiving is a little earlier because <laughs> I think back in the day, their harvest, we had to harvest a little earlier than you guys because it gets a little chillier up here. Oh, yeah, I believe it. So we have our big Thanksgiving thing a, m- a month and a little bit earlier, so... But uh, our second co-host today, all the way from San Diego, the San Diego Sabres, uh, Steve, you want to say hi to everybody? Yes. Good morning, good day, and good evening to everyone. How you doing, Steve? So um, tell us uh, a little bit about, about your show. Yeah, so we are actually, I can hardly believe it, but we're starting to close in on our first year anniversary in a few months. Um, we started the show back in January. Uh, we're a full contact lightsaber combat team. And then, and for our second year with the group, we thought, well, what else are we going to do? That's, that's new and exciting this year with the group. And we came up with the idea of doing a podcast and obviously being star Wars enthusiasts, we thought, okay, we'll obviously talk about lightsaber fighting because we're dorks that way, but there's so much in star Wars that we can just keep going with this all day long and and we've just we've never run out of content it's it's fantastic excellent yeah so, so this is, and you are the newest and uh, freshest member i guess to the uh star wars commonwealth podcast network yeah it's been it's been so amazing being part of the 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 commonwealth uh, you guys have just been so friendly and accepting and just it's it's like a giant family i swear it is it is and and truth be told that was my in I, I have a weekly podcast, and then I wanted to do a, a Star Wars one, and then I knew the guys from Talk Star Wars, and I said, hey, I got an idea. How about we have a show where it's we have 
hosts from around the Commonwealth. And here we are. So, see, I, I'm lucky. I kind of get the pod with everybody. So You do. <laughs> and do. And now... And now after this, I have to change my business cards to add a tagline that says I'm now part of the Robert Cass collection. Yes, you are. Yes, yes. We were actually Mark and I from Talk Star Wars. We were thinking of getting some T-shirts made, and uh, and we were thinking of oh, I was on the TSW roundtable, or but then there was another one where was, uh, Robert Cast had me on the TSW roundtable, but that sounded horrible. That was <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it. There was all sorts of connotations to it, and punctuation was important. So we said, well, let's just put one out that says TSW roundtable. So. <laughs> <laughs> so Talk Star Wars has those on their merch tab. So um, so here we are, guys. We are, as we stand, we are hours away from the second and probably final trailer to The Last Jedi. It's going to air on Monday Night Football and tonight. And because you're both American, I don't have to explain what that is. Or <laughs> what's you might. I, you might, you know. We're not I, we're not big football fans here, you know. No, no, of course not. No, no. So, uh, yeah. So we got a new trailer coming out tonight. Obviously, by the time this drops, everybody will have seen it and reacted to it. But what I want to ask you guys, uh, I'll, Cody, I'll start with you. Leading up to a new movie, how much do you expose yourself to as far as spoilers, trailers, clips, rumors, that sort of thing? Like, do you go in? Do you want to go in completely? not knowing anything or do you just follow along with the main stuff and kind of go in half spoiled? I am all in all in. I'm, I'm all in. And I had to kind of consider and like figure this out back when episode seven was getting ready to come out. And what happened was like, that was shortly after we started the podcast and we had spent so many episodes talking about pretty much just KOTOR and Darth Bane that when something <laughs> brand new was coming out, we were like just geek that we had, brand new content. We had rumors and theories. I just was listening to an old episode and the things that we were trying to come up for Kylo Ren to be was absolutely ridiculous. But we go all in and I, when I went into the theater for Force Awakens, I found myself excited by the movie, surprised. There was things that I maybe thought was going to be one thing, but was something completely different. And I didn't think that ruined the experience for me. And I, I was totally okay with that. Did the same thing with Rogue One which was maybe a little bit different because the trailer had a lot of stuff that wasn't even in the movie. Right. So that was a nice surprise anyways. But yeah, I'm all in. I've been waiting for this moment since we saw the teaser at Celebration in April. So I'm, I'm totally geared up for, the, for tonight. Excellent. And uh, Steve, um, how do you like to go into these movies? Do, uh, do you like to go in, like, don't tell me anything. I don't want to watch a trailer. I don't want to see a, an interview. I don't want to see anything. Or do you, like, just give it give it all to me? Like, just I want to know everything, and if I get spoiled, who cares? I'm going to still love the movie. You know, I really appreciate people who have the discipline to avoid all the spoilers. I don't know how you do it, especially in this day and age. But I am really happy going into the theater feeling informed. I, I, I like having some idea of what's going to happen. But the reality is, I, especially for something like a new Star Wars movie, I will get so excited that no matter how many trailers or spoilers or script leaks I've read, the moment I walk into the theater, I forget it all because I'm so excited. Right. Right. And so whatever they are, whatever the theories are, you know, whoever Snoke is, it goes out the window and I'm excited and I can focus on the movie. And if I do remember certain things and they turn out to be real, I kind of feel like I'm a, a leg up on my second viewing because <laughs> you know we're all going to see this like 12 times in the weekend. Mm -hmm. 
so I, I'll, I'll see something and it'll connect with me and go, oh, that's what that means. I get it. So if I do pick up something from the spoilers, from the trailers and, and retain it in my first viewing, I feel a little bit more informed and the, the connection with the experience is a little bit stronger for me. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Well, it, on, I guess for the three of us especially and, and our other Commonwealth brothers and sisters, we podcast about Star Wars. So it's really hard to, if, if we said, okay, we're not watching the trailer that's coming out tonight, and then, well, what are we going to talk about tomorrow? <laughs> right. And for the next six, eight, 12 weeks. Exactly. Uh, so it's, it's, it's almost, I, I personally like to try to find a balance between, I don't go rooting and digging for that next story to try to find content. I will, I like to ingest anything that Lucasfilm is going to give me. I'm assuming they're letting me have it because... They know what the movie is, so I'll watch their right. trailers. Uh, I read all the comics, like the Phasma lead-up is coming up. Um, I try to dig in as many novels as I can, but being a father of a young baby, it's, that's a little harder. But At least but, you have an excuse. We just can't read anything. We can't read. <laughs> this is not a podcast about the educational system north or south of the border. We're not doing that. <laughs> but we, uh, uh, yeah, like I, I try to keep myself informed so we can have these discussions. But at the same time, I don't, I didn't want, especially with the last two movies, I didn't want that Luke, I'm your father moment to be ruined for me. If I could mm-hmm. relive that again, I'm of an age where I saw it in the theater as a kid and I was wide eyed, like head exploded brains all over the theater walls. I'm sure if you go back to Northern Ontario and Sudbury, you'll see my brain splatters <laughs> from that movie. And, but at the same time, I'd, I mean, I just, I just don't want that stuff ruined for me. I was when I lined up for Force Awakens when that came out, I avoided most of the spoilers. I watched the trailers. I, I was really excited. Here's new Star Wars. Here's finally a chapter after Return of the Jedi from '83. And I was in line, and somebody said, "Oh, I have a friend from Australia." I was in line at concession, sorry, and somebody said. I heard some conversation behind me going, I have a friend in Australia. And they said Han Solo. And I'm like, blah, 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 covering my ears and <laughs> acting like a, a toddler. Because I couldn't believe I was minutes away from, I was literally getting my popcorn. And I could have had that Han Solo moment, death ruined for me. Because yeah. mm. more on in line. You know, you know what yeah. I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's still, it was great. But when I was watching the movie, I'm like, hmm, well, you know, Rob, that Han Solo, something might happen. And... It was just, oh, just, I, I guess, I guess being a Star Wars podcaster and you guys know that obviously, you mean it, we, we, it means a little bit more to us than maybe your average Joe walking down the street, but you just don't, you want to have it the way it's supposed to be presented to you. Does yeah, that make any sure. sense? A hundred percent. I think you hit it with Lucasfilm is probably not going to spoil the movie for anybody because they want people to come see their movie in the theater. Right. So I don't think we have anything to worry about from the trailer. Although I will say, I'm sure you guys noticed on Twitter that Ryan was actually kind of, if you don't want to, if you want to be a hundred percent clean when you go in there, you probably shouldn't watch it, which I've never heard a director really say about a trailer before. So people may be a little more worried than they usually are, but um, yeah, I don't want to be spoiled, but I'm still going to go all in on the trailer. No worries. Do you think possibly that might be because of maybe some certain shots? Like, I know when we watched the trailer, like, I'm sure when J.J. Uh, Abrams made Force Awakens and they had the TIE fighters in the sunset, which in the movie I know didn't make any sense, and there's lots of discussion about that one particular sh- uh, Apocalypse Now helicopter shot. 
with 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 uh with tie fighters but it was still visually stunning and i think do you think maybe ryan's talking about well i have a lot of nice beautiful moments like the handing off of the lightsaber with a mechanical hand or any certain shot he really wanted to set up and work on and now he's sitting at home going well you just showed everybody i spent like three days on that one shot <laughs> you know what i mean does that make sense i i think lucasfilm and the big uh, studios have gotten a lot better at controlling studio leaks. So when you come down to them, them putting almost as much effort into the trailer as they do the movie, they really are controlling the message very tightly. So what Lucasfilm puts out today is exactly what they want to tease us with. They want to drive the hype and the excitement, and I want that feeling <laughs> – so yeah. I'm definitely going to sit here and watch that on loop for like three hours, right? We're all yeah. going to just analyze it frame by frame. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that. They're showing me what they think will get me excited to ensure I go see it on the first day. Okay, I'm already going to do that, but thanks. So, and again, they've gotten so, and we've seen it this cycle. They've gotten so good with controlling leaks. We really haven't heard anything outside the trailers. Mm-hmm. It's been fantastic, which I really appreciate them doing because for the people who do want to go in unspoiled, they at least have a chance to do that. Much bigger chance if they stay off Facebook for nine months, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, also, too, uh, I, yeah. I, yeah, sorry, Cody, but I was, I was thinking about the, the toys. <clears throat> like even we dissect the packaging, the what's – oh, is mm. that a lightsaber hook on Luke's belt or is that – you mean like the soundtracks we comb over since that – the Quagon fiasco with Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember when that came out, and it said uh, quite uh, one of the one of the titles on the Phantom Menace soundtrack, which came out before the movie, said Quagon's death or something, or Quagon's <laughs> oh, man. Fu- funeral mm-hmm. pyre or something. So everybody's like, "Oh, we know he dies." <laughs> so I think they've really tightened it up. Like they're even when it comes to toys, if they have a Luke and they release him now and he doesn't have a lightsaber, they have no problem repackaging him after December 17th with a lightsaber. Like, they have no problem. Oh, you want to buy him again? Sure you go. Like, of course. So yeah, one, They are one master thing, at merchandising that way. They, they are. are. They are. One thing that really keeps it fresh when we uh, get, actually get in there and see the movie is a lot of the stuff that, I, that we theorize on when we see the trailer ends up being completely different or not true at all when we see the movie. So like I said earlier, when we were like trying to figure out who the hell Kylo was, like we thought maybe he was some, we, we being KOTOR fans and his mask, we were like, oh, he's probably uh, an obsessed with uh, Darth Revan. We're going to see Darth Revan pop back on the screen. Yeah, right. So all this stuff that we came up with in our heads as we were going through the trailer and the Entertainment Weekly spreads and all that stuff, like none of it was true at all. It was all completely different stuff or inconsequential or not even in the movie, like those classic Rogue One shots that we saw from the trailer mm-hmm. that didn't actually make it in there. So I think... We will be. Uh, I think we'll be safe. And I'm always trying to remember what's in the trailer and figure out when it's going to come on the screen. It just has me even more excited as I'm in the theater. Yeah, I, I end up doing the. I don't know if we. I'm sure a lot of uh, other Star Wars fans do this too. Once you're getting into the uh, the EU and uh, like the comics and the books and and the legends, it's like, oh, they're going to bring this guy back. Is he is he is uh, Snoke Plagueis or is this going to tie in with this or this storyline in the comic or is this? And I think. I really, really think that 
no fault of her own, we overthink this stuff. Like you said, with like, oh, that has to be tied in with, with Revan. Like, it has to be. For sure. Well, I know that. You know that. You I mean, a lot of other people do, but the majority of the people going to buy these tickets have no idea and don't care. They just want to see, you mean, space battles, lightsabers, training, dark, light, go. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but, uh, hey, I'm sure by the time this comes out, we'll have all seen the trailer. I'm sure we'll all have enjoyed it. And, uh, mm. and, and we'll be, that'll be the fodder for much discussion to come between now and the release. So, uh, another topic I was thinking about today, uh, actually, uh, Cody, you brought this up. We have a new uh, game coming out in just over a month with the uh, Battlefront 2. Uh, you mm. mentioned, uh, you got a, you, have you, you've tried the beta? Yes, I was up very early on Wednesday morning for when it was available for install. Oh, excellent. And and how did you did you play it on a PC or did you play it on your your console or Xbox? Yeah, we're on Xbox One. Oh, nice, excellent. So, uh, I haven't played it, Steve. You haven't played it as well. No, I I've been tied up with an event with the group all weekend, so I just have not had a chance to get to it yet. Okay, so uh, Cody, I guess you're the guy. What did what do you think so far? <laughs> This is hilarious because one of the things that we complain about on the show are fans that are stuck in their ways of the original movies and refuse to give anything else a chance. And I feel like that's what I'm doing with Battlefront. Oh, no. I just I'm trying not to, but I I find it harder and harder to, to not do that. I'm just tied up with two things. One is the original two Battlefront games for original Xbox and PS2, which I mean probably the best Star Wars games that there ever were besides KOTOR. Um, and just crazy the amount of detail and like the thoroughness of the the classes, the vehicles, the maps, and everything back then. So that's obviously fresh in my mind. And Mopar and I are big fans of Battlefield 4, which is a really detailed and in-depth um, war shooter. More, more strategic and things than Call of Duty. Um, and it's made by the same developer that did Battlefront 2. So I'm trying not to go in with the baggage of like hoping to see my old favorite game revived and have some of the awesome stuff that I know in Battlefield 4. Um, just trying to go in as a Star Wars fan and, and love it. And the game is, is beautiful. The first one was beautiful as well. Um, they've updated some cool things. There's, there's classes. So instead of just one character and you pick a different weapon, you actually do have different classes with different abilities, which I thought that was a great addition. Um, new maps... Obviously, prequel content was the big one and sequel content. So now we have all the eras of Star Wars. Um, it's, it's rich and it's detailed in that way. I just found the matchmaking and the multiplayer to be frustrating or most of the time not working at all oh, or not no. working how people expected, which is, you know, un- I know it's a lot to ask for for a multiplayer game, but I was I'm just trying to enjoy it. Yeah. So I hope they, there's a lot of things that I hope they fix with um, with the final release. I don't play betas very often, so I'm not exactly sure. You know, what can I chalk up to it just being an early version of the release, and what is actually going to be still in the game when it comes out? Um, but like I said, it's fun. It's really cool to drop into the Star Wars universe. Um, so, so let me jump in because I think sure. I, I've I've got some help for you on on that one about what to expect right now. Okay. So I, I spent 15 years in the gaming industry, so I, hmm. I, can, I can speak to this very directly. Okay, good. They, with them being a month away from launch, the, the disc is done. The client part of the game is done. Oh. It's, it's gone gold. 
that's okay. So much. No, don't don't drop your head that way. It's okay. <laughs> so much of the game is is run and managed and controlled online that that's fine. That's right. fine. When they do a beta like this, especially a month from launch, they're testing the servers and they're testing the online code. So as long as the front the front end should work really smooth and the game mechanics should be pretty well locked in at this point. The matchmaking problems that you see, that's part of what they're trying to work out. They need to get these thousands and thousands of people stress right. testing the servers and they're going to take all this feedback and they will the server folks will work up until midnight on launch to get all that stuff tweaked so that launch day is an exceptional success. Nice. So I think what you're seeing is actually pretty typical for a beta okay. release. That's good to know. That puts me so a little bit more at ease. So there's hope. Okay, good. There is another. Rebellions are built on hope. <laughs> yes. So we hear. Excellent. Yeah, because uh, and Cody, you were saying you were on Xbox One. Yes. And uh, Steve, are, are you are you are you a gamer? Do you have a system of your own? Do you? I'm I, assuming. I do. I am. <laughs> I always have been, and I've got. I'm I'm a PlayStation guy, so. Okay, excellent. Because uh, yeah, what, what I was thinking is, um, hopefully, as we as, when the game rolls out, what I desperately want to do is get like a Commonwealth trench run. If that feature, if they had like a, a Battle of Yavin trench run feature, like you know when you do multiplayer, if we can but just get a bunch of us hosts and all be trying to blow up the Death Star together, and you know what I mean. The Red Five and awesome. Red Two, and you know, I could be Porkins. I don't care. I just want to. Uh, <laughs> I'll take that. I, I just want to be a part of that. That that'd be a lifelong dream. Ever since back in the day, I don't know if you remember that one. Uh, it was very basic graphics where you were a Tie Fighter and you went and on the surface of the Death Star, and I can't mm. I can't remember the name. I was just called Star Wars at the time. It's just X Wing versus Tie Fighter, maybe. Yeah, maybe this was very basic. It lo- almost. The graphics almost look like the graphics they used in New Hope to show the Death Star, like <laughs> boop, 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 like it was that old. Yeah. So, and and to see to have what they have now, and even in the last Battlefront with flying around, and you can go in cockpit mode, and you know your the windshield's actually dirty. You know what I mean? Like, it actually yeah. feels like you're very submersed. But if we can all get together and do a trench run, that'd be fantastic. I just I'm really really looking forward to that. To, and to that point about, you know, starfighters and things, the starfighter mode was, I found, the best and the smoothest out of all of them. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of it in the first one. I thought it maybe wasn't as smooth, and I've also just been not very good at flying games. But this one was pretty easy for me to, you know, grab onto and learn the controls. Um, having the hero ships in the mix, like when you... When Boba Fett rolls up in front of you and drops a seismic charge, it's just like the coolest moment. Even though you know you're going to die, just to see that and to hear that sound where everything drops out, um, it's just so cool. So the hero element really added a lot to the game. I'm glad they did that. Awesome. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Yeah, I, I found the last Battlefront, I find I found the lightsaber dueling was a little harder for me. I don't know, for some reason it was just, I guess everybody's got their thing, right? Because I knew even when you're you're almost doing playing Call of Duty style where you're running around with a gun, that's pretty much, you mean, beat for beat for most games out there, with obvious big differences, but if you're a stormtrooper or a rebel, it doesn't matter. If you're running around with a gun in your hand, like, who hasn't played that style of game? Flying right. around, I've played a lot of those, but, like, actual sword fighting, like, lightsaber dueling, I don't know, uh, uh, Steve, that's more of your outside expertise. I know not in the <laughs> video gaming, but you like in the last Battlefront? Do you like the... The game you know, I, I, I've talked to a 
I've talked to a couple people from the industry, and I, I kind of think this is a fair analysis in that there were there were a lot of issues and problems with the last battlefront. The mechanics were a little janky. The the, the uh, starfighter battles were not as easy easily controlled as I'd like. The, the mechanics weren't quite there, and so so there's been a couple of us that have kind of talked about the last battlefront was essentially the beta for this one if that makes sense yeah. they they put a lot of effort into getting the engine down and it, it sounds sounds like from what Cody's talking about they've really uh, finessed that engine since then and if if the saber battles the hero moments the and the starfighter stuff is is so much easier this time around i think it lends credence to that idea of the last one ended up being a test to make this one really outstanding and the and the the amount of work that they put into getting the graphics and the models and things right from the last one by actually you know going to Lucasfilm and getting all those old miniatures and actually you know building their mm -hmm. models in the game off of that stuff I think all that work was already done and they had obviously a lot more you know free room to focus on the engine and the mechanics itself and the the, the gunplay for sure feels a lot smoother than the first one. Now uh, I'm so glad to hear that. Cody, you read the. Have you? I listened to uh to your podcast, and you were saying are you finished, or are you currently reading the the Battlefront novel? Mopar finished it. I have not. Okay, uh, but you've started it, right? You've. you've I have it. started. Yes. Uh, is yeah. it? Uh, do you see any of that story in the beta, or are you just? Is it just kind of like click on and play? You don't get any of the, you know, the storyline. Yeah, there's nothing for this uh, for the single player in the beta except for um, the trailer that they not the trailer the teaser with the um, the messenger droid that has Pal uh, Palpatine's face on it issuing orders and stuff. Just that trailer is in there for you to watch, but there's no actual gameplay from the campaign yet. Okay, okay, so we don't know what lines up with with what there. So and and the Battlefront novel, do you are you enjoying it or are you is it? Um. I didn't get too far. Um, I will say it just didn't grab me. I've right. been there's so many novels, and I I have a stack of books that aren't even Star Wars books that I'm still trying to read as well. So okay. what I've been trying to tell myself is that if I don't get sucked in like within the first few chapters, I'm just gonna try to move on to the next one because I don't ever want to feel like I'm struggling to get through a book. No. So. No, and also I yeah. finished that one. I'm sorry, Rob. No, go ahead, Steve. I was going to say, I, I finished Inferno Squad maybe about two weeks ago now. And you're right. The first few chapters, they're a little slow. It's all set up. It's all character building. Once you get past maybe chapter seven or so, the now the story picks up. Now you get engaged in the full plot. And I, re I found it really picked up. It, it, it coalesced at that point. And I kept, you know, every night was, oh, just one more chapter. Uh, not Oh, I've got time for one more. And <laughs> nice. uh, it, it, it did come together. And I, I really like that different point of view of, of the Imperials are the good guys, as it were. Mm -hmm. And those rebel scum are just, they're chaotic terrorists and must be destroyed. And it was, it, the perspective was, was fascinating, even though I still didn't believe it. Because I'm more on the rebel side, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it was it was a great perspective to get, and it it, it did come together through the. You kind of got to take the time to go through the book, but it does. It was a really good story at the end. Yeah, that's good. I and I've been waiting for a book like this um, or a story like this, and I think I'm really gonna love 
you know, regardless of how intricate the multiplayer system gets with updates and things, I think we're all going to really love the the campaign for the game. So correct me if I'm wrong, because like I said, I didn't finish the book, but the book is taking people from the first Death Star up to episode six. And then the game's campaign is going from the destruction of Death Star 2 up to Force Awakens. Is that about right? It 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 starts right after Death Star One, and uh, maybe lasts for a year or two. So it doesn't even go to ESB. Oh, okay. So it doesn't it doesn't spend that full length. It's just kind of a a setup for the group of characters. It is. So so okay. I think you know based upon the the single player teaser we saw, it builds the background to help you really appreciate what's going to happen in the gameplay. Nice. That's good. Nice, yeah, and uh, Cody, I know what you're saying about some of the novels. Like I, I think with the novels, what I like the Star Wars is because the main characters, it's they're very effortless to read because you know what Princess Leia looks like, you know what Han looks like. It just, I know mm-hmm. it's lazy imagination on my part, but I'm just, I can just jump right in and go, okay, I know where we are, and I know what you're saying when you get on different stories and they got a character build yeah it's great but it's not quite what i'm looking for in a star wars novel if that makes any sense because i what i want to do when i pick up a star wars novel is go okay let's see what luke's doing you know what I mean or and if i got a character build it's like well now i can read anything on the planet it doesn't have to be star wars if i want to immerse myself in a brand new story and the allure of star wars novels is well this is canon now and this is going to be Part of the, you know, it's it's going to be part of the whole bigger picture. It's going to give you a broader understanding of the galaxy far, far away. But like you said, when it's hard to get through, they're like, oh, man, some of them, boy, they drag. Yeah. And that's when we say we sing praises to Stupendous Wave and Star Wars Explained on YouTube. Yes. Because he does, I know Star Wars Explained especially does a, a monthly canon update. Okay. So it's literally like between five and eight minutes, and he just goes through everything that was added in that month, month um, comics, children's books, novels, games, all that stuff, oh, wow. and just concisely just drops all the new info. He, he ties in you know little Easter eggs that will fit between Battlefront and The Force Awakens and things like that, and just he connects all the dots, and it makes it very easy to stay up to date. Yeah. Well, good. That's, that's awesome to hear, because I'm, I've, I have uh, standing orders. I do the TSW Comics podcast on the talk star wars network along with this one with this podcast so i have a standing orders from my comic book guy to pull everything star wars regardless like i've got the star wars adventures even they're a younger readers comic just so i can kind of prepare myself for my podcast mm-hmm. and 90 um, percent of them i read i read out of sheer enjoyment but you you get your stinkers in there too it's like there's a few of them where i'd be like well would i really be finishing this run if I wasn't a Star Wars comic podcaster, <laughs> the yeah. answer is no. I wouldn't. I would drop them. Some of them, you know what I mean? But the it, it, it like you're saying, if you if you got a spot where you can go and just get oh here's a complete rundown, that's fantastic because then it just uh, saves you time actually. That and I think I just need to bite the bullet and finally get Audible um, because obviously we're all in the podcasting realm because we love it and yeah. I'm. I listen to podcasts a lot more than I actually read books. So I think that might really help is just finally getting audible. And that's, I know that's the only way Mopar got through the book because he reads, you know, like a page a day if he actually has to read the book. Oh, no. But he finally got audible and then Battlefront 2 he had to finish in like a week. So I think that's next on my list. They're great. Um, audible, I just finished. Uh, what, was, what did I finish? Heir to the Jedi, the Luke Star Skywalker after New Hope and between New Hope and Empire. And it was audible, but even the 
I don't know who they got to read it, but it was it was pretty. He got that whiny Luke down. That <laughs> and it was like, ah, oh, jeez, I don't know. I can't use. I'm trying to use the force, and he's trying to feed himself spaghetti with the force. And I'm and hearing somebody read it, I'm just like banging my head on the wall, going, "Oh my, what is going on?" Wait, I thought Kylo Ren was the whiny one. No, it's it's uh, apparently it's uh, genetic. <laughs> It's a Skywalker trait. Anakin was pretty whiny. <laughs> I think yes. so, yes. He was. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, well, you know what I'm going to do, guys? I'm going to take a quick uh, uh, stop here to sure. get a quick message uh, into this podcast, and we'll jump back with uh, some more of the TSW Roundtable. And we're back. So uh, I, I got a, a couple more things lined up here for you guys while I have you on the show. Um, the first... One of the things, questions I've been asking myself and I've been asking a lot of other Star Wars podcasters slash fans is with everything we do, uh, you know, we have to take time out for our, our, our podcasts and any residual stuff we do for Star Wars on the side. And we kind of have to balance that out with our day jobs or family or whatever else we have going on. I, I just want to, I'm going to throw it to Cody first. Do you have a, do you have to make a balance in your life or... For all this wonderful pod stuff, you've been, you've been doing this four years with this with your podcast. So how do you separate day job, wife or family podcast, and how do they how do people around you put up with this whole thing? Usually they don't have a choice. Just talking about Star Wars. I mean, I got Commander Cody on my arm. I'm just Star Wars all the time, pretty much. Uh, but now that Game of Thrones is is not current, actually. So um, so I am very fortunate that I get to do podcasting full-time. I started the Rogue Squadron show about four years ago with Mopar. And using that kind of as like a guinea pig to learn the ins and outs of podcasting. And I already had an audio background. Um, I started doing production and editing for some shows and built a client base. And now I'm, I'm able to do that full-time. So luckily, I get to treat my Star Wars show as like part of my actual workflow. So when I take an hour or two out of the day to dig into some Rogue Squadron stuff or watch the Last Jedi trailer and try to analyze it or plan local events or whatever it may be, I just kind of get to write that off as part of my work. So very fortunate in that respect. Um, As far as balancing Star Wars with my wife who does not love or have even seen all of the Star Wars movies. Trying to convince her more and more. She's a big fan of Episode Seven, though. I think it's. I think a lot of it. And this is what I've noticed. Even like trying to get my younger brother to go back and and dig into Star Wars, or just trying to tell some people that have seen Rogue One to go back and get the backstory. I think it's just a it's just a date thing. I think just the fact that the movies are so old, unless you really love Star Wars or you saw them when you were younger, it's kind of hard to jump from seven, go back to you know forty years to to Episode Four. And get the same kind of feeling. So, yeah, it's kind of like asking somebody to watch Logan's Run now. You I mean I can watch it and go like, mm. "Oh, I remember this," or and then you look at I could show it to my daughter who's fourteen and be like, "Wait, what? Like this is horrible." And I'm like, "Yes, of course it's horrible." But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, the stuff that's out nowadays is just like leaps and bounds over everything. Well, and to be fair, I, I can go back to my childhood and go back and watch movies that I just loved as a kid. And so many of them I, I, I look at now and I'm like, what the heck was I thinking? Yeah. Well, I got the Blu-ray set of the original Planet of the Apes movies. And my my wife and kids are looking at me going like, what, what, what are you doing? Like, what are you, what are you watching? And like, I'm like, I'm just 
I don't know. And I'm like, I'm watching them and they're horrible, but I, I can't help it. There are some things, you know, like the nostalgia factor is huge. It can make you love things that aren't that good, but you saw them at the right time. Uh, I think that's definitely part of it. But there are things that just don't age well. I will say that Star Wars aged well, for sure. Um, there's really no doubt about that. Obviously, some of the best movies ever made. But I've, for example, you know, tried to go back and watch Power Rangers or something like right. our our 90s kid era or like the old Transformers cartoons or the Mortal Kombat movies mm-hmm. from the mid 90s, which are all just god awful. But how many times did I watch those back in the day? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I believe me. I'm the same way. I'm a little bit older than you are, but I, I watch like old He-Man cartoons. It's on it's on Netflix now. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. I start watching. This is horrible. <laughs> what was I thinking? Yeah, it's 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 kind of hard to convince somebody to watch a movie from 1977 and go, yeah. yeah, this is this is my awesome. How come you don't think it's awesome? And of course. that's also to just expand on that point. I know Lucas. A lot of people get up in arms about the special editions and what's better and what's not. And I think the special editions are great. I I have cop DVD copies of the of the originals how they were projected and. But if you're showing, if I'm showing them now, like my 14 year old seen them all, and I have another little girl that I'm eventually going to show them all to, they're going to smooth, they're going to go watch the movies with a lot more, it'll be a lot smoother. Like going from Mm. New Hope, Empire, Jedi, and then if I want to bounce them back to Phantom Menace or whatever order I show it to them, it won't be as jarring as Mm -hmm. seeing that original theatrical release. Right. It, it, yeah, I won't have all the uh, the niche and all the, the the corniness to it. It that's some of that's polished out, but at least it, it for anybody jumping into the saga, like you said, your wife or somebody, if they're watching a special edition, they're gonna it's gonna go along a lot better with the prequels and the new movies than the original releases. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Now, and and one thing Lucas was really good about that I think most every Star Wars fan will agree on. So he was a great storyteller. And what he did with the special editions is expanded upon that. You might not like the visuals or some of the execution, but he expanded on the story. And exactly to your point, it made the overall collection more encompassing. Yep. Yeah. So that's, that's, anyway, I know that's a little bit of a tangent, but that's, that's okay. That's kind of my, I would, I would, I would add, the only thing I would add to that is like as far as, changes or mistakes go i just think there's goofy stuff in all the star wars movies oh, yeah. if you really mm-hmm. if you really break it down and you want to start analyzing and picking things apart like you could take the same thorough destruction analysis on any of them if you really got in depth and if you really wanted to so i just chalk it up to i mean there's just some silly stuff in all of them that's part of star wars does it detract from the quality of the movie no does it detract detract from the characters of the story absolutely not some of the best stories that we've ever yeah. seen so well, hey, just just find an old love letter you wrote to a girlfriend in high school and ask yourself, would you write it the same way today? Would you want to polish that up a little bit? Yeah, of course, if millions of people around the world were reading it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, Steve, back to my original question. Uh, you have the uh, the San Diego uh, Sabres uh, Club and everything you do for Star Wars and your podcast. Like, How do you balance that with your day job and everything else you got going on in your life? So I fall out of the normal bell curve because about a year and a half, two years ago, I started changing careers and I left my day job Okay. and, and started my own business. And so now I'm working for myself and, and part of that is it gives me a lot of time to do 
what I want to do. But even to your point, there are still other projects and other things that I just, you have to balance. And I think when you're passionate about the things you do, you simply find a way to make it all work. Yes, you you always are going to have to to juggle six balls in the air at any given time. And even on our podcast, for example, since we're all relatively, since we're all local, we do our best to get together in person to do our podcast, which means we now have to juggle three people's schedules to find a time when we can all meet. And that's the hard part of the podcast is, is when can we do that? So you just, you find everybody makes a little compromise here and there. This may not be the best day for me, but I can move some things around and we can meet tonight and do a couple episodes. And like I said, so, so if you love it, if you're passionate about it, you just, you find a way it's, it's even like, how do you make time for your friends? Well, you know, the people I podcast with and, and saber train with and, and everything else, well, these are my friends and we make time for each other. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Me- yeah. That's one thing I've noticed through this whole thing is like when it's something that you are super passionate about and that you love, it doesn't usually ever feel like work. So you don't really think twice about squeezing in a few extra hours a night to do a recording or to dive in. That's what some people don't think about about podcasting sometimes is is diving in to do the edits of the show. It sometimes yes. can be extremely time consuming. Mm. Um, and that's one reason why we switched to a live format. But yeah, I mean, all those details and all that extra work usually doesn't feel like work because you know what it's going towards. And you don't even realize sometimes that you're putting that much time into it because it's, you know, it, it's so fun. I, th- I think the longest, <laughs> to, to Cody's point, the longest edit session I ever had on a podcast was seven hours. And I Ooh. didn't intend on that to happen, <laughs> <laughs> but it just kind of did. It, but, you know, we, we, we have the saying in the Sabre group, but it's it's true, I think, to this stuff, too, is is the difference between something that's good and great are the details. Yes. And so I, I'm very happy to put the time in to do some stuff to the podcast, to to do the edits, to take out the flubs, to add, you know, a little comedy, some sound effects, to adjust the levels, to get everything just right. I will like it more and everybody else will like it more as well. Yeah, and absolutely, and and I think uh, not to get off topic, but to go on the podcasting. When I turn on a podcast, if it sounds like it's eighteen people gathered around uh, a, a tiny little mic sitting on a table, and and it just it's just mayhem. If it sounds like it's recorded off of, you mean a Nokia phone, it's it's mm-hmm. it turns you off like immediately because there are, and and in, especially in podcasting, if it doesn't sound decent and professional, and doesn't sound and it sound you. you you can tell when someone's taking care, putting out their product, because there's so many. Even just in the Star Wars world, they can run, they can go on iTunes, and there's a million of them out there. You know, so you, you can't if if you're if they're not going to listen to the air show, they got no problem grabbing the next one. So, oh, you fit on one of my hot buttons right there, which oh. is audio quality, <laughs> and you know, my simple way of, of expressing it is, if you've made your podcast hard to listen to, if it's an effort for me to understand what you're saying, yeah. I'm out. And I've seen too many shows where it's even just two people and one guy is really quiet and the other guy is really loud. Yeah. And if I'm driving down the road and I'm constantly having to change the volume between you know, hosts on the show, yeah. forget yeah. it, I'm done. Yeah, Yeah, that's one thing that I could go back and forth on all day because that's where I 
audio is where I came from and how I got into podcasting in the first place. So, and what I, if anyone's listening and like wants to start a show or has one and wants to upgrade it, what I would suggest is just to reach out and connect with some other podcasters and just start asking people, you know, what, what's their setup? How do they get from point A to point B? What do they use for recording? How do they make improvements on their show? It's, it's a lot of stuff that you can do that costs almost no money that you just need a little bit of advice on. Yep. And uh, on, still on this podcasting topic, uh, if you have a show, just make it regular. Again, like if you're if they, if someone's expecting your show to be out Thursday morning, and it's not there, they're gonna jump on something else, and there's a chance they might like the something else a little better than yours and not come back. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's just one of the podcasting is one of those fickle things. It's you have to work so hard to make so nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so it is it is a labor of love. Back to to the original uh, my original question. Uh, balancing fandom and life and podcasting. I know uh, I'm in the middle of a, an art, an astromech build, so I'm building an R2-D2 in my garage, and I have a little baby in the house, and I'm married, and I also I take care of a nine-year-old grandmother and stuff like that, and, and I have a day job that's that's not building droids, <laughs> which would be not, cool. Not yet, anyways. No, not yet. That's a shame. No. Um, I, have a, I have a weekly podcast uh, that's not Star Wars. I do this one, and I do another one, TSW Comics with Mark once a month. And for me, the biggest thing about balancing my fandom and the podcasting and all the extra stuff is, well, it, my wife. Like, she is so unbelievably, like, just supportive in anything I do. And and it, it's, it's fantastic. So I, but also, too, if I have two minutes, I'm not running out to the garage to fix the hollow projector on the back of R2's dome. You know what I mean? Like mm. I, it, you have to find that balance of, of, yeah, you have your family time. You're this like, Hey, if everybody's gone to bed and I want to poke around the garage, that's, I look at my astromech build, like my hot rod, that's my motorbike mm-hmm. or my Corvette sitting in the garage with the hood up. Right. And I go in right. there and I tinker and I get my hands dirty. And then if that gets done, when it gets done, it gets done. That's my own thing. The podcasting, uh, I try to keep a decent schedule. You know what I mean? Like we're doing this and right now it's Canadian Thanksgiving and my wife's out with the baby and doing stuff. So I'm like, hey, I got a few hours. I'm going to try to schedule my monthly roundtable show. And it's um, – my wife is great. She she comes to see all the movies with me. She likes them. She doesn't obviously does not love them like I do. <laughs> You know what I mean, like, uh, like especially when you're getting into the to all the the little niche stuff. Like we have, even just in the Commonwealth, like uh, Steve, we have you guys with the with the San Diego Sabers. So you have your lightsaber club, and uh, I'm an astromech builder. I know Rob Williams is join, trying to join the five hundred first, and he's doing a whole uh, the outer room rookie. He's doing a whole kind of spinoff podcast on his journey to being in the five hundred first. So. We have uh, we, we have the comic book show on the TSW. We have the uh, I know Skyhoppers. They do a monthly book club. I know a few of our uh, nerd room and Skyhoppers, and a bunch of us recap the Rebels episodes. So we cover everything because I don't think mm-hmm. one person possibly could. Mm. <laughs> you know, like you you couldn't you couldn't do everything. So I think if you're in the fandom and you have something you like. Like uh, Steve, uh, you mean with with your club? And I know I liked what Rob Williams was doing with the five hundred first, but I'm like, I I think cosplay is fantastic. It makes all the conventions a thousand percent better and more fun. But I can't. It's just not for me. So that's how I fell into mm-hmm. the astromech build. Mm-hmm. 
You know what I mean? So, like, what would, like, I know, Cody, you were at Celebration. Steve, you were at Celebration this year, too, weren't you? I was, yeah. Yeah, so all three of us were there. Like, what would Celebration be without these cosplayers? That was probably my favorite moment, regardless of the sessions or the vendors, was Mm -hmm. seeing everybody in costume. Niche characters from the background of the cantina that you never thought somebody would make a costume for that you would see. And for us being huge KOTOR fans, I saw a duo of guys, Malik and Revan, and it was spot on, like the best cosplay I've ever seen. That would that just made the entire trip was just seeing them in person. Yeah, it's fantastic. But like I said, and and for those people, I'm sure they're fans and everybody out there. If, I, if any advice, if you're getting into anything Star Wars, you're really going to dig into your fandom. Don't bite off more than you can chew. You mean, if podcasting is your thing or you want to go 501st or the Saber Club or the, the anything like an astromech build, like there's lots of people out here. There's a lot. Any You can ask any one of anybody in, a, in the Commonwealth here and we'll direct you to the correct person. Mm-hmm. It just, it, it's like I said, my original point, it's the balance between fandom and everyday life because <laughs> you know, I mean, obviously everyday life has got to take precedence but it is a lot <laughs> it does and I, I think you know here here's my secret to doing it and some of this is I'm a planaholic but I put everything on my calendar you know when when we have have uh, practice sessions for the Saber group they're on my calendar if we're having a council meeting. It's on my calendar. I, you know, Friday afternoons, I put it on my calendar going edit episode 39. Here's, you know, here's the afternoon. We're going to go record. Everything goes on the calendar. And that, that for me, that's my secret to balancing it all out. You know, in addition to the other things I'm doing, like I'm putting together a, a, a Comic-Con convention here for San Diego. And so there, there's a lot of logistics I got put into that. So, Today I'm I'm sitting here recording with you guys, and then I've got to meet with a marketing consultant this afternoon, and I've got a guy in town on Wednesday. So just everything goes on the calendar, and that forces me to plan it out and and maybe achieve that balance. Yeah, no, that, that it, I hear you because if we, I'm the same way. I have a billion different reminders on my phone. I knew we had this in our calendar. Also, too, I'm a, I referee uh, Canadian football. It's the same thing as American, but we only have three downs, and our and our our balls are bigger. They're just a little more fatter. Uh, <laughs> so uh-huh. uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> what, what can I say? Um, yeah, but like I said, if I I get uh, on my on my cell phone, I got the calendar, and I got reminders. It's going off constantly. What's going? Hey, you got this tonight. You got this going on. And and you're right, Steve. It's planning is not a bad thing, especially when you got a lot of balls in the air. Pardon the pun. <laughs> it, it it's kind of what it's. Kinda, it's one of those things of the simple things uh, sometimes are just the secret to making it work. Yeah. absolutely. And, and and even to Cody's point earlier, even for, you know, you want to get into podcasting, it's actually really simple these days and and you can start off by spending $0. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, Cody, Cody, what what would you suggest if somebody's looking to start? Start it. (laughs) Just start it. Um, I see more than anything in, podcasting circles that I'm in on Facebook, different groups, different people that I've talked to and given advice to and done consultations for. People spend years in the planning stage without biting the bullet and starting the show. And my biggest piece of advice is to start it and adjust along the way. Start the show. If you don't know what your format is, if you're not sure who you're going to talk to, just it's important to just start recording, start getting something out there. And then as you get feedback and as you listen back and realize all the spots where you messed up, you said, um, 35 times, 
You can adjust as you go. You've but, heard my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I've I hear heard you. thousands of podcasts. Um, but yeah, that's just people can get really paralyzed by the planning stage and never actually like hit the hit the go button. Yeah, absolutely. But you know what, guys? We got a special guest dropping in. The, uh, hey. the, man, the man from Talk Star Wars, Mark. You want to say hi to Cody <laughs> and Steve? How are you doing? Hey, Mark. What up? How are you? How is everybody? I haven't, speak, I haven't spoken to Cody and Steve on here before. That's exciting. Yeah, not since we saw each other in April. Yeah, very, very briefly at the con. Yes, we. well, Mark and I, we had to make sure we had some craft beers with with uh <laughs> with you guys because that was it was like cody and mobile i'm like yeah i think that's that was one of the we were we were trying it was amazing too when we were down there how much running around we had we didn't meet up till what the second last night or something yeah yeah, yeah. Was, i did not think that, that would uh that was going to happen but it's a lot harder to meet up with people at cons than you might think yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. it's crazy wasn't it crazy uh couple of days that I, i've offered that for everybody who comes down to san diego comic-con next year i will throw a party for us i may have to do that just put that on your calendar. Yeah, it would be it would be a good time. So um, we were just actually going to wrap up here, Mark. But we were we were going to ask everybody what what are their uh, what are their plans for the the last Jedi? Do speaking of parties, you guys, I'll throw it to Steve first. Do you have uh, do you go with a bunch of people? Do you just go by yourself for the first few viewings? Do you go? How do you, how do you approach a new Star Wars movie? You know, I've approached every one of them differently. Right. So I don't yet have solid plans for what I'm going to do for The Last Jedi. What I anticipate doing is buying a bunch of tickets and figuring it out later. Okay. Because <laughs> that, that's the hard part is, is getting seats. And, and I certainly have enough friends through the Sabre group or, or socially that, I, you know, if I buy 10 tickets, I will fill them up. And it's just – it's just – making a thing out of it because whether it's celebration or a movie release, it is really about that sharing that experience with other people who are passionate about that thing. So whoever we bring in to come see it on opening day, opening night, it's, it's just going to be exciting and fun. And we're all just going to be on the edge of our seats going, Oh my God, look at how he's caressing that book. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Uh, Cody, do you, uh, you and Mopar get together or do you guys, What's your plan? We, for the movie? Yeah, so we're actually planning something a little uh, extravagant. Since uh, since Force Friday in 2015, 20, not Force Friday, May the 4th, sorry. Since May the 4th be with you in 2016, we've been hosting Star Wars uh, parties for May the 4th and also for the new movies at one of our local cinemas, Gateway Film Center. So we're actually planning a big party for opening night of The Last Jedi going to have uh, custom beers on tap. The 501st will be there. We'll have some artists. Um, Battlefront 2 on, on some TV screens. Just trying to you know give, give a lot of cool Star Wars things for the community to uh, engage in before we go in and see the best movie that's ever been made. Now, does, <laughs> does the cinema give you a chance to sneak peek the movie so you don't miss it? Uh, so last year we planned everything so that the party would lead up to the initial 7 p.m. screening. Okay. So we all went in and saw the very first showing. Um, today it's actually going to – or today. This year it's actually going to be on Friday. Um, so we'll have a group of, of guys that we're going to go and see it Thursday at 6 p.m. I think they announced it's going to be out earlier this right. year than usual. So so we'll be definitely out there on opening night and then the big party will be on Friday. Well, that's that's what I was thinking. Is once I get my my R two built, I was thinking, oh, can I get it done before? Can I get it running before 
Last Jedi and even any movie, it'd be like, oh, it'd be great to take it to, like you said, like take it to the to the actual theater yeah. and have it roll around the lobby. But I'm like, well, wait a second, I don't want to miss the movie because I have to see it first runs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I'm I'm I don't I don't want to be tied up doing meet and greets or doing stuff. You mean with the with the art dude, right. not right. and not not have be able to miss out on my movie. That's the whole point. Of course. Right? Um, uh, Mark, what do you do? You got something planned this year? Yes. Well, I'm probably going to see it a little early, like I did last time. Right. Um, which I'm sure will make a lot of my uh, co-hosts very very happy. <laughs> because uh, obviously I don't invite them, <laughs> so yeah, I'll, I'll I'll get to see it a little bit ahead of time, I think, um, and then hopefully we can get some sort of meetup. There's a lot of talk about the v- within the VIP group of doing a of doing a meetup and going to see it together at some point. Yeah, probably just after Christmas. Well, that's what I know the I know up here in Canada. I know well up here, like we're spread all over the country. So people think that oh, why don't you just go see it with Rob Williams? I'm like, well, he's in Vancouver, or BC. Like I'm not even yeah. close. Like, I'd be, it'd be, I'd be probably faster me to to fly to the UK than it would. <laughs> to you're closer yeah. to us. Yeah, oh yeah, we could yeah we could meet somewhere. Yeah, for sure. But uh, but I know the Tumbling Saber guys. They were talking about doing something uh, and having and having a meet up. So I don't. Uh, the, the night of the premiere, I'm not. It'd be great to meet up on a weekend after or something, but it just, God, you'd, you'd hate to have your travel problems and be stuck in traffic or at an airport when your beloved movie's being shown to everybody else on the planet. Can't imagine. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So, uh, you know what? Uh, we're uh, we're at that time, so we're gonna wrap up this episode of the roundtable. But what I like to do is just go around the table, and everybody can say where they're from and what they got coming out, and uh, we'll go from there. But uh, Mark, it's so awesome you just yes. dropped in. Yeah, sorry guys, I, I didn't mean to gate crash. I just wanted to pop on and say hello because I knew there were some people I hadn't had a chance to podcast with yet. So I'm crossing names off a list. Yes, well, it's, it's I'm going to say this counts. This, this counts can, for me. This, this is the po- <laughs> this is the uh, the Commonwealth Pokemon we're playing. Yeah. I'm now, now for, fortunately, because of this show, I think I got everybody cooked because I've potted with everybody. I'm just potting promiscuously that way i don't know <laughs> <laughs> awesome so uh i'll throw it over to steve first you want to tell everybody about uh where they can find your show and uh and what you do uh, star wars wise yeah absolutely san diego sabers we are a act we are actually a lightsaber we started as a lightsaber combat group and now we do a podcast as well and you can find us online at sandiegosabers.net for the group as well as the podcast and on facebook at san diego sabers and twitter we're san diego sabers podcast and don't confuse us with the hockey team called San Diego Sabres. I wouldn't. I'm Canadian. Uh, I know better. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And uh, Cody, tell us where they can all find all your good stuff. Yeah, this is Commander Cody from Rogue Squadron Podcast. Uh, we are all over iTunes, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Patreon. Everything is Rogue Squad Pod, our username. Same on all platforms. Um, and if you are local in Ohio, in central Ohio, be ready for The Last Jedi. It comes out in December. We have the event going on, VIP tickets, and some awesome stuff happening. All is on the Facebook event page. Awesome. And uh, can you, you were mentioning earlier in the show, you do help people with uh, with, with putting out podcasts for your, and audio stuff with your with your day gig. Do you have any, uh, do you have a website people can come visit you if they're interested? In? I do, yes. Uh, podcastmasters.net. There's a link on there to schedule a consultation call. 
reach out, chat, ask any questions you might have. Be happy to uh, offer any advice that I can. Excellent. Good. Yeah, because I know there's people listening to this going, well, I can do way better than that Rob guy. That's just, <laughs> if he's doing it. <laughs> awesome. And and Mark, this is going out on the Talk Star Wars feed. So they, they know where it, this is where they can, me. Yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is where you can find Mark. <laughs> Just keep listening to this exact same bat channel, same bat station or whatever they... <laughs> yeah, same like bat that. time. Awesome. So uh, again, for uh, another episode of the TSW Roundtable, thank you very much, uh, Cody and Steve and Mark for popping in on us. And uh, we'll see you next month with, a, with another brand new episode. Bye. <laughs>